looking at people that start off with a small vision, and that vision manifested into something beyond expectation. I see pride in black excellence when we tap into our magic. I see power. I've never seen anybody put in 100% and lose. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. Say it loud podcast. And you know this, man. And it's just big. It's just so simple, but yet so complex. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. go, go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? It is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the greatest podcast, not only that I've ever created, but you've ever heard, on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning in. On this episode, I am sitting down in front of a great young lady that I actually met on a limb and has actually turned into a really great foundation of, I hope to just continue a good friendship. Um, and just like always, I always say every time I sit in front of somebody, it's almost as fun for me to ask the questions and hear because some of this stuff I ain't never heard. So first and foremost, a young lady, great on the bike, breaking down barriers within uh, sports that I can't wait for her to talk about. And uh, she busts your ass on, the, on any sprints. Trust me. No one else than Miss LaStar Sneed. Hello, hello, everybody. What's happening? What it do, do? <laughs> there it is. There it is. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, before this mic was turned on, I told you, it's just a conversation. So, let's just have some fun with it. Let me learn a little bit um, and let us learn about you and learn about your platform. So, where are you from? Um, I'm actually from Wakanda. No. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. Uh, rest in peace to Chad. Um, but no, I'm from Los Angeles, California. Okay, LA. LA born and raised? Yes. Okay, and uh, what does that look like from when you were born until now? Like, have you seen the change or... Are you oh, just yes. now like the starting change to... from Los Angeles? Yeah, like just oh, just goodness. in your area. Yeah, Straight boys in the hood, mm. uh, loving basketball. Yeah, because when I was little, I I don't know if people know this, but I was from the area called the Jungles. Oh, do you know Training Day? Yes, do you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> when there was drive-bys when I was little, like okay. straight up drive-bys. I don't really know if that they they exist anywhere today. I'm sure they do, but. Like legit drive-bys, like everybody get down, you know, mm. and people slashing tires from like five blocks straight down, just crazy gang activity. But I thankfully, you know, God protected me and my family. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, yeah. So I'm like I said, just based on ignorance, like I've only I've heard of it, but like mainly knowing it from Training Day. But like, what does um, like what years? Were you in that experience and like how? Oh, up until I was fourteen. Wow. Yeah, up until I was fourteen, I was in the jungles. <laughs> wow. Wow. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's it's you know, it's like damn. Um, and then what high school did you go to after? Um, that? I actually went moved to San Jose for uh, high school. Okay. So it was called Oak Grove High School. And okay, so talk about that then. What was that going from? Not only Southern California to Northern California, yes, but like. Thanks, Siri. 
um, you know, like switching it up and going to Northern California for high school or just switching up what you've known to something new? Well, actually, I moved out there because my mother was in a very bad abusive relationship Mm. and the man she was with at the time threatened to leave her in a pool of blood. So I had was visiting my brother and I told her, I said, Mom, I'm not coming back. Mm. Like... Hopefully you come out here with us, but I'm not coming back because that man is, you know, abusive. And so then she followed and her and my little sister and they moved out there where I was with my brother and his wife at the time. Mm. So that's basically the reason why I ended up moving out there because I didn't want to... Because I was visiting, but I didn't want to come back to that situation. Yeah, and wow. Because he basically said I could stay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and at that point, you know, like you said, it, it, it just felt like a chapter for new beginnings yeah. and kind of safe, safety yeah. in that sense. Yeah, not only from wow, not only from like you know the, the surroundings, but also you know within the your own house. Um, yeah. What was it like then going to school? Like uh, it was very different um, because in Los Angeles, it's like when I, well at least when I was younger, it was like almost a hundred percent like African American, black, and a little and a little bit Hispanic. Mm-hmm. But out in San Jose, it was like a, it was in reverse. It was like a little bit of black and a lot of like Caucasian. So I wasn't used to seeing that. So I was like, wow. Um, not that there's a problem. Culture shock. Yeah, not mm-hmm. that it's a problem or anything, but it was just I never I was never around it. So yeah. it was very new to me. And what uh, when you know when you got into high school, like were you like you know the friendly like hey what's up you know or like were you kind of the um, did you did you have to fill everybody out before was, people I got in? Oh, it's weird because. Like, um, I don't know if you remember in high school how you have yearbook, mm-hmm. the yearbook, and then they have the categories you can, I guess, win or whatever, like most, most yeah. athletic, most likely to succeed. Like, I actually had won, like, three categories. I had got, it's just funny, most Christ-like. Most Christ-like, I got okay. most Christ-like. I got um, cutest couple for the guy I was with at the time. Ooh. And then most athletic. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, you were bagels then. Yeah, I was... I was <laughs> Yeah, and then it's crazy because in my freshman year, I won an award that only seniors are supposed to win, Jeez. Athlete of the Year. And I was like, how did I do that? I'm a freshman. Everybody hated me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let that name the, ring bells. All the seniors hated me because that's a senior award. And I have, I still to this day, I'm, sh- I'm still shocked that I got that as a freshman. Because um, I was doing, like, I did basketball, I did cross country. I still can't believe I did something that crazy because you run super miles. I am not, like, a super distance runner, but I don't know what got into it. something about that. Yeah, I did that, and I did track, I and I did softball, soccer. It was crazy. I just did everything. I was just going to ask, like, what sports, but, I mean, it sounds like you didn't really not do anything. <laughs> right, I did, like, everything. Even in track, they had me... Like, you know, in, or maybe you don't, but some people might know, like, in high school, when you were in track, they, it's all about points. Mm-hmm. And they put me in the two mile, they put me in the four by four, the four by one, the hundred, the two hundred, the four hundred, the eight hundred. I was running literally everything. And I was like, dang, is this, can you do this? Like, I'm tired. Like, go, go run. <laughs> and then next season, you was doing the next, next sport. And yeah. then the next season, you was yep. doing the next sport. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I guess, when you moved to San Jose, um, and, and you finished out high school all the way up there? Yeah, there. out there, yeah. And, uh, you know, do you think that sports kind of molded you into who you are today? Or do you think that sports was like a, like a safety of like, comf- like this is who the star is? Or were you just really um, good and you were just like... sports actually got introduced to me from my older sister, mm. uh, Miracle... 
Holloway, um, she used to, like, I used to be around her where everybody thought she was my mother, where people kind of give her ugly looks because she was a 16-year-old with a little baby, mm. but they didn't know I was her sister, and she, you know, I, I was, like, around her like she's my mom, kind of, because she helped raise me and my grandparents, because um, my mom was on drugs, and it's a whole other story we can get into later, but, um, so I was with her a lot, and she would play basketball, so she would take me to the park with her. Um, like I was her little, you know, little baby. Right. And that's how I got into sports actually because of her. That's what's up. And yeah. after leaving high school, uh, or like you know that senior year, coming around, you know, people, are, you know, I'm going off to college. I'm going off to do this. I'm going off to the military. You know, I'm going off to this, that, and the third. You know, where where did you see Lestar going? Like, did you were you getting the offer letters? Or? I did. I actually got an offer letter to USC, but because. Um, I didn't really do like um, I didn't really do sports like the way I should have. I did it, but I guess I didn't. I didn't know about like scholarships and different things like that, or I could have focused on that because I just was kind of like I said, doing things for points for the school right. and everything. So um, it just was kind of kind of weird, actually. Yeah. So then after graduating, did you stay in San Jose at that point or, um, or did you roll no, out? I, I went to I went to Long Beach. Okay. And then I went to Sacramento. So then you I came went back, back to Long south, Beach, Sacramento again, back and north, then back Long south, Beach again. Back north, back and then I south. got married, which was not so smart because I was only eighteen. Okay, so okay, okay, let's okay, <laughs> so graduated high school uh-huh. and uh, you know, coming down you said back to Long Beach, yeah. then you went back to Sacramento. Yep. And then Long Beach, back Sacramento. to Long Beach. Uh-huh. Sa- back to Sacramento. And then back to Sac. And back to Long Beach again. And then when you got back to Long Beach, did, was that when you got married or is this... I got this... married when I went to Sacramento the second time. Okay. And what, uh, you know, what, I guess, what felt right about that at um, that point? Well, honestly, none of it. Okay. <laughs> it was just a bad mistake. Mm. But what I'll... I desired since actually being since I was seven years old this is going to sound really weird but I desired to be married because Mm -hmm. I saw my grandparents um, the love they have for each other and I was like oh my gosh this is my dream I want marriage I Mm -hmm. want this Um, and uh, so then when I was you know of age to actually be married I was like oh my gosh I'm going to do it but it's weird because I didn't I like the only reason why I ended up getting married to the person I got married to was because he was preaching at college, like, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's on fire for God. You know, mm. that was, like, the only reason, which is not a good enough reason. You need love. You need... You need uh, Pillars. More, you, need, you need way more things. You need to make sure you can be stable financially. Yeah. Um, just, you know, more than just someone being on fire for God because you have to know the other aspects of their life. For sure. And that's where I lacked. I just mm. was like, oh, my gosh, they love God, but do they really love God? It was just a show. Like, I, you know, I didn't get deep enough into that because I was very, you know, young and naive, of course. Mm. And so back in Long Beach with your husband? Uh, after, after you got yep. back? Yeah. And then uh, how long were you guys married. together? It, or are you still together? Uh, or? No, no. Okay. We were married for about six years. I divorced him at the six-year mark. Okay. And it, what did you guys divorce for? Um, I'm not trying to dive all oh, the way, yeah, but no, you know, I, yeah. I keep it real. I actually divorced because he was lazy, mm. um, which probably is not a good enough reason for a lot of people. But I was working 
working, working, and he would work, but then he would quit, work and quit. And I was doing everything as if I was a male, like, you know, how males are, you know, mostly providers. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they need to do everything, because that's not what I'm saying. You could work as a team. I don't think a man should have to do everything, work together. Mm -hmm. But I was working, I was paying every single bill we had, which was a car note, rent, lights and gas, both of our cell phones, cable, food, what you name it. And it was just too much for me. And I'm like, after six years and two babies later, you still... Mm-hmm. Like not doing anything but preaching, which is amazing, but you got to do something because even in the scriptures it says if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. Come on now. <laughs> so come I'm on like, now. Come on now. Drop the verses. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, come on. It's What's just, up? Enough was enough, and I, I couldn't take it. And then I felt real lonely and as if I wasn't married. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be feeling lonely. I'm married. Like, why is that you kind of like send me through this neglect like mm-hmm. you're out preaching you're not even inviting me to go preach with you even if you're going to minister at people's homes why can't I you know fellowship with the wife that's mm. there you're not just you know it's just it was really weird um, so that's basically why I okay and uh, you know you, you dropped in that that subtle thing that you know being a super mom during all this uh, you got you had two kids at the time yeah right? by him yeah yeah we were married how was what was, what was and what, how old were you when you had your first uh, 21 so I got married at 18 and about two and a half years later I had my first baby what did that feel like going to like being the being the child or like you know and then raised by the sister and like obviously still uh-huh. having that relationship with mom and then seeing your grandparents and now you're like the married like your grandparents and then you're also a mom now you know like what Uh, was that like i was actually excited but i got sad when i found out she was not a boy because i wanted a boy (laughs) yeah i should the girls like oh (laughs) yeah i feel you i I don't know why but i wanted a boy so bad back then yeah all three boys, or you wanted all boys at the time? Um, no. I, well, I didn't even know I was going to have more children. I just was focused on the one, and then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm being honest. I'm just being yeah. straight up honest. I, I, was, I was sad because she wasn't a boy. Yeah, and so, and now, uh, you, you've been, you said six-year mark, and then you've been single since? Uh, no. Okay. I actually got into some bad relationships. Um... And they were abusive. It's kind of like this horrible cycle, actually, because my, you know, I grew up seeing my mother in right. abusive relationships and kind of escaping that when I was fourteen and moving out, and then end up getting myself into something just as similar and some some of it worse. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And now, right now, like you're saying, uh, you know, just really just the single super mom that I met you at, and yeah. funny enough, I actually met her. I appreciate you sharing all that. But, oh yeah, um, definitely. I had met Lestar. At literally a bike ride um, over in Culver City. Shout out to the Puff Riders. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, if you could name a color <laughs> that you have ever colored with or or seen in a book, the star was wearing every color. And she was like, yo, what's up? You're black. What a bike. Let's ride. And I was like, we just got done riding. What do you mean? She's like, no, no, no I need like a real ride now. And I was like. Mind y'all, like, I'm just getting into, like, riding. And she's like, no, nah, like, we got to go ride, like, 30 miles. And I was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I said, here. She was like, here, take my Instagram. We'll figure this out another time. So I was like, okay, cool. So I follow her. You must have rode, like, 30 miles yeah. later on that No, day. I just was excited because your jacket had Tommy Smith. Yeah. And I have a connection to Tommy because he, him and his wife um, had sponsored me when I was in high school. Wow. Uh, so I can go run in Idaho. Uh, Sim- it was called Simplot Games for Indoor Track and Field. Wow. So I was like, Tommy. And I was like, hey. You were, like, real friendly. So. Yeah. 
And usually you don't really meet a friendly dudes in this day and age that are real tough and hard and like, you know, standoffish. Yeah, yeah, so I was yeah. like, your spirit was very, very cool. So I, so I was like, hey, want to go ride? Because you seem happy. She was like, I was like, hey. <laughs> like, I'm tired. She now. had a grill in. Like, she had a grill in. She was like, hey, I'm about to go roll out. She clipped in. It was at the time. I didn't know everything about the cycle world. She clipped clip and took off. I said, yeah, that's that's a badass. That's a badass young lady. And, uh, you know, come to find out, you know, you got a lot going for you. Um, and, you know, I'm just super thankful to to have you here in front of me right now. Thankful to be here. back we are back i was just speaking spanish and she understood me so my spanish is getting better uh, <laughs> i'm still sitting in front of in front of miss sneed so speaking about that and speaking about how we met and speaking about where we're at now the say it loud legacy team cyclist member uh-huh. why say yes to this crazy project um, it just felt right, and it seemed so freaking cool. I was like, first of all, this is super tight, like, um, to be a, t- a team that's, you know, all black, or some people say all African-American, or all athletes of color. It's just like, it's very rare, especially triathlon. Like, wait, hold up. A, a what? You know, so it just, I was like, I can't pass this opportunity up. And I felt honored, actually, to, to be asked, because I was like, okay, you could have came with anybody. So I was like, wow, I feel honored and blessed to be a part of something just so great. And that's going to make it, you know, stamp in history. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, and just to, I guess, answer my own question about that is like, going through all the team sports, and, you know, even though track is like an individual, but team sport, and like, all the sports you've ever done, like, when did you get introduced to like adult, you know, like professional sports or like what kept you going in sports, you know, after not only high school, but like to where you are now? Um, well, I guess uh, I had briefly spoke about that scholarship to USC. So it was like a partial scholarship and my mom didn't have a, like a lot of money. So we would have had to have come up with the money so I couldn't go. Mm. So it got me really sorrowful. And I was like, man, I wish I would have known or had, you know, better counselors in high school that tell you about scholarships and things like that. Because I didn't know much about it to know that you can get a full ride. You can get things taken care of if you're really good. And I was like, I was a great athlete. I got all these awards and trophies, but it wasn't like monitored properly and guided properly, mm-hmm. obviously. But um, so I kind of got down about that. And I was really sad because I was like, USC is an amazing school, you know. And and then also because my favorite movie, Love and Basketball. <laughs> Everybody go to USC in LA yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, and I was just like, dang. Uh. So it just kind of set me like, what can I do? Like, And then that's kind of how I got into looking at the professional world of sports, basically. Yeah. And so when you got into the professional world of sports, you know, at this point, a mom, you know, working hard, hustling, doing what you got to do to provide not only for them, but for yourself, like what sports or like, what, like, did you, was the bike the first piece? Or no, like- actually, I don't like talking about it. Cause it's like, it's connected to my abusive story where I, you know, had got out of that situation, but it was actually track and field. Mm. Cause a lot of people, I, they say, are you a runner? I'm like, nope. 
I am not a runner. I'm a cyclist and I'm a speed skater. Like, I just hate saying anything about track and field. But that's the first sport that I was really, as far as in my adult years, that I was in involved in. Yeah. Now, you just snuck in another one, uh, speed skating. Uh-huh. So, like, in line or, like, ice? I or like on the ice. Okay. So, I always have to clarify because people are like, what? Yeah. I'm like, ice speed skating how does a young lady from los angeles and <laughs> sacramento and san jose back to long beach back to sacramento back and to egypt. long beach and egypt <laughs> I used to live in oh egypt. what from israel you know just all over the world how do you get introduced to ice skating that transfers into speed skating well again all this is connected to getting out of that horrible yeah. situation um So I was in track and field and I didn't want anything to do with track and field. I just like I started to develop a kind of hate for it because when I was doing it, I was with the guy that I had to, you know, get out of that relationship with. So I just fast forward one day. um, Do you know World on Wheels? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm skating at World on Wheels and... Uh, I'll skip some of the part, but I'll go to the end when the, the like, the skating session. This sounds session, like a really good movie. <laughs> the skating session is over. I get bomb-rushed from so many people. They're like, oh, my gosh, who are you? Can we take a picture with you? And I'm like, what? They're like, um, you have to be somebody. I'm like, what? I, I'm just really confused. It. They're looking at me like I'm stuck up because I'm, like, you know, some people act like they're whatever. And I was like, uh, no, what are you talking about? They're like, nobody has ever skated that fast in history that come here. Like, and we were, you know, a lot of us are skating and partying. You're just running, skating laps. <laughs> and you're not tired and you you look professional. Who are you? And I'm just like, I'm just using it as a training. I guess when people, like, are having fun, I'm just taking it as a training session mm-hmm. for me, too. So people were accusing me of basically being a professional roller derbyer. And I was like, what is a roller derbyer? <laughs> so I researched that. That's each other's asses. Yeah, I researched that later on, like a day later. So I was like, oh, no, I would never do that. Yes. I mean, the skating's cool, but the, the fighting, oh, no. See, I, no, no. And then uh, fast forward, uh, I saw the Olympic Winter Games on TV. And I got, like, stuck. I, it seemed like time stopped. Everything was slow motion chills on my body. Like, what is this that they're doing? They're skating. And I love skating. Yeah. So I thought about World on Wheels and all that conversation. I was like, what? Basically, my mind's like, what the fuck is this? Like, ah, this is tight. <laughs> and uh, I had researched it. And I was like, I don't see any black people. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? And I just was like, how do I get into it? So, okay, long story short, I had... Instagrammed uh, the Olympic coach and he did not answer me back. I was so devastated. Mm. He saw my message. He left yeah, me on scene. scene. Oh. So my heart was crushed and I left it alone. And a year passed and out of nowhere, I was like, wait a minute. I want to do this. I want to try this skating. Like, And then I went back and I got like this guts and I was like, with the without your help, I'm going to do this. And then he answered me. I was like, this is what it took all this time for me to have some authority or what? That's like, what's up. That's and then fire. he gave me all the information I need and that's how I kind of got involved with speed skating. And On ice. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and how has that been? Like, ice speed skating, like, how well, is that? Well, it's very, very difficult. It is challenging because you have to, 
like know how to cross over, how to be on a curve, on on or how they say on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, we wear helmets. So I do short. There's different speed skates. There's short track and then there's long track. So I do the short track. And how lo- or how far is that or how long? Oh uh, well, the distance I do is like the 500 meters and okay. thousand. Um, so it's just it's it's insane. And how fast are you moving usually like during these like at, at the like competitive level that you're at like how fast are you doing? like your 500 meters or like how what's the average speed like 25 miles an hour 20 miles an hour that's a good question i have never asked because the coaches are always yelling at me slow down you're going too fast don't worry about the speed right now get the technique so (laughs) i they would not let me focus on times they would not let me focus on speed it would just always slow down because they're like we need to get you to get properly you know crossing over Mm -hmm. which was very it's very 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 technical yeah and so you know going through your you know accidentally going through your instagram purposely um like seeing some of your workouts for that like how has that been like just like you know making that full transfer over to land Mm -hmm. to like ice like like just learning like making your feet learn a new not yeah a new language almost like learning a new language like i'm gonna be in speed skates instead of spikes or i'm gonna be on ice instead of a court or like you know like on a grass soccer field like Mm -hmm. You know, like, what? how was that, you know, like... It was tra- challenging because the boots are so stiff, on the an- especially on the ankle part. It don't give, like, it, uh, you kind of get have to get them molded mm-hmm. to your foot and ankle. So I have to wear these little gel pads because afterwards it kind of be, like, a little bloody. Like, like ballerina shoes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's on the ankles for me. I'm not sure about Ooh. other speed skaters, so it, it was, I was always kind of sore uh, with it. Um and then it's still like breaking into the boot itself. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very challenging. And now with COVID and obviously postponement of like you know the summer games of you know twenty twenty, uh, the next Winter Olympics is looking at. Well, it was originally it was supposed to be twenty twenty two in Beijing. Uh huh. Um, but I don't I honestly don't know what's going on because since they changed this one and to the next year, but then they still don't know if it's going to be next year. So it's just it's like I don't know if they're going to push all of them back because mm-hmm. the, the years are not going to match anymore because it's supposed to be four years. Like every summer game is four years apart. Every winter game is four, four years yeah. apart. But between each other, they're two years apart. Right. You so I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to make it 2023 and then just from here on out, everything is different. So I. I don't know. I'm you just, just be ready. I'm just training. You just be yeah. ready at that point. Yeah, and, basically. And, you know, uh, I guess the bike is, or cycling is, like, a training portion then for winter speed skating or? Yeah, it's actually, cycling is a, because I do track cycling as well, so it's, it goes kind of hand in hand because for my cross training, I have to cycle for speed skating. Right. So it's like, oh my goodness, and I'm cycling anyways for track cycling. So I'm like, this is perfect almost. Like, wow. And and now for those who are, you know, like you're absurd for riding 100 miles on a bike, you know, on a (laughs) random practice day, um, track cycling. What in the world does that look like? Uh, well, that's a wooden track. Um, they do have outdoor ones, but I don't do the outdoor one. I do the indoor. Um, it's wooden. We have no brakes. Um, and it's like on, if you can think of like maybe a roller coaster going, like I guess, up. Mm-hmm. So it's like 45 degree banks on each corner. And just go, go, go. And there's no way to slow down other than just... Like, you can't stop pedaling because you would drop. You have to just kind of slow your pace down with your legs. Because <laughs> there's no brakes. Hell no. <laughs> what? And you do this for, like, obviously speed, but, like, 
like it's like so many laps basically yeah. and that and becomes the is it like the 500 again and like the well no it's just different ways there's like team pursuits there's uh some sometimes you have to do like 40 laps 20 laps it's just all different and then everything kind of got to a, came to a halt because of the COVID. Like right. the, the the track is closed for cycling, the ice rink is closed for speed skating. So both of my coaches for both realms, if you will, uh, just go cycle, 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 cycle. Yeah. And people don't understand like why is he cycling so much? Well, because you know it's the only thing I can do. It's the only thing I can do really. Yeah, and you know I guess the my my question for all of that is from doing all this and doing this sport and doing this sport is is why. Um, well, my motivation actually is going to sound very, very strange. It was for people that were not there for me, the nose, uh, looking at doors open for other athletes that weren't necessarily athletes, like just kind of the Instagram models. And I'm like, but I thought you guys wanted ath- like, you know, just stuff like that where a door was closed. And I'm like, I thought you wanted an athlete, but it's not like that. They'd rather have like a pretty face with aesthetics. Uh, yeah. Uh, plastic surgery body. And that looks, you know, amazing and perfect, but they're not working out at all. The other doing is, you know, just being beautiful. And it's like, so a lot of those different things I would go through that motivate me just to keep going. Like, mm. And all, like I said, the door is closed and the people are not there for me and the people telling me just to give it up already. You're a mom. Go deal with your children. I'm like, so since I'm a mother, I can't have a dream. Like mm-hmm. I have to just, you know, be at home or just go to work and that's it. That's how my life should be. Like, you know, just because I got a, I get a lot of negativity, actually, if people wouldn't believe and like, oh, she neglects her children. She doesn't take care of them. A lot of people don't know. My children are right there with me in a lot of my trainings, especially when I was at the gym or at the ice rink. My two older ones would be skating with me because hmm. I, I had to take them with me. But a lot of people don't know that because like, I don't necessarily put them on video or in pictures all the time. But they were always right there in the background with me. Yeah. And I think that's that, that's a really, really important piece that I wanted to highlight for that also is, like you said, even during your training sessions, um, you know, that was a door that was opened up to you through, you know, media like ex- ex- exploitation or not exploitation, but like viewing it on TV and you're giving this opportunity to, you know, your children through, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. And that's opening up a door for a lot of, you know, young black kids that might not ever go to, you know, an ice skating rink Mm -hmm. or, you know, even if that's the last time, like they'd be like, yeah, I know how to ice skate or I used to ice skate with my mom, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, that's very important, especially within, um, unconventional sports or like sports that are aren't always the football or basketball yeah. or baseball that are advertised but you know there's you know I'm going to get this number wrong but um you know there's what winter olympics is probably 26 sports or something like mm-hmm. that that you can go represent your country for or or you know get paid and you know summer olympics i think is 40 maybe mm-hmm. 40 maybe 45 and eh, maybe give or take track and field by itself is like 15 right. but nonetheless what i'm saying is there's a lot of sports that everyday espns and like you're saying like the models and the brands aren't advertising towards but you know there's still an opportunity out there for people who look like us to go out and benefit from and right. so that's very important um and i'm glad you're able to do that with your kids
Los Gachos Pantalones. I don't know Spanish like that, but I remember in Blue Streak, he said, Sir, you just told them you have a cat in your pants. Hey, it's better than me because when I was in high school and I do a presentation in Spanish, I told the class I was going to eat them. Oh. And my teacher laughed the whole class. I was like, dang, what, what did I do? And he said, you said you're going to eat us. So, hey. <laughs> I, I was mean, like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Lo siento, but we are still here. It is part <laughs> three and we are getting ready to wrap up. Um, she's got to get back out, probably on a bike somewhere, about to go cycle some some crazy ass miles. Um, but again, I appreciate you sitting down. And uh, you know, obviously, the Say It Loud Triathlon, the Say It Loud Legacy Team, is all about you know what we can do to make sure that our steps are either you know not just duplicated and stepped into, but to just give a path or a platform for those um, who come after us. And mm-hmm. you know, the question I've been asking everybody, um, you know, is what does legacy mean to you? Uh, legacy basically means to me just leaving something behind, especially after you pass and go on and return to the dust of the dirt. Um, just leaving something behind for, even if it's not necessarily your family, your friends, or even others just that look up to you or even complete strangers where there's something they can like grasp and just like like look up to uh so they can be encouraged to do whatever it is because everybody has different paths in life and dreams and goals Mm. but just leaving something behind basically Mm. i like that and uh you know what you know at at the the time we're in obviously with covid and like you said and you explained like you know like your courses and your gyms and like your training patterns have all changed yeah and you're still able to keep going um you know what's been What's been the the mental or mentality behind like, you know, waking up every morning and telling yourself, you know, like, like you just said, like, I need to leave this behind or like, I got to go get this. Like, What keeps the gears going for you the most? Um, in this COVID season, um, well, to be honest, if I'm completely honest, when it first hit, I was just, I don't want to say I was depressed, but I was like having anxiety. I was like, whoa, what is going on? Like, you're not used to just having to be indoors and can't go to the gym and do things and damn cooties have a mask all day long like well i did have the training mask but yeah. it was it was still different for me because i was like what and it was just hard and for i want to say about six weeks i did absolutely nothing but eat go to the restroom taking my children late on my ass and like just sleeping <laughs> all day like just so unmotivated mm. and i just one day i had to wake up and snap out of it i was like what are you doing like i need to go back to my you know, my scriptures, my affirmations, my my a message of love book that I read every day for motivation, just, you know, and I got back into it and it was just like not staying stuck there, like rising above any negativity. It just encouraged me. Like I said, the message of a love book that I always read. Um, and then the scriptures really helped me too. Like I love the different stories to see how a lot of them overcame different situations. So I was like, okay, let me, let me get on this. Cause they went through it. Let me, and they got through it. Let me get through it too. Amen. Everybody's testimony. And, uh, you know, I guess your testimony, you know, as a mom, you know, and, and your kids being able to, you know, tell those stories and live those stories, not only with you, but through you, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, once we return or, you know, wherever that level is, maybe yeah. we find the, the hidden crystals of Atlantis and we live forever. But, um, you know, what, what about, I guess, the continuation or, or legacy of a mother? You know, mm-hmm. what is, what is being a mother, that legacy been like the heart, like the, the most, um, precious point, I guess, or the one thing that like, 
you've tried to instill into your kids? Uh, just to be loving and thankful and grateful because so many people are so ungrateful. Oh, my gosh. Like, just the little things, like, uh, I'll say something small, like, uh, on the freeway, you're driving, people cut you off, people are stingy, and then you have your signal on, people just ride right past you. It's like, if you don't bre- put if you don't put your foot on the brake, they're probably going to hit you. Mm. So, just letting that person go past, like, go by when they have their blinker on, something just so little, just be kind to the next person, um, because you do reap what you sow, um, even when it doesn't look like it and you went through like a lot of different evil things it's like what did I do to deserve this you know it's all purpose by design even like with me and the abuse and different things I went through it's you know it's like just let God deal with everything because he vengeance is always his it's better than anything we can possibly do to get revenge or whatever on somebody yeah I like that and uh you know what I guess with with your mom then Mm -hmm. and and the legacy of of being a daughter Mm -hmm. um and being able do you guys still uh, yeah, we actually have a good relationship, um, and she's, you know, cried and apologized so many times to me because of how I was born, and like I said, I was going to get back into this, and we could do that now. Uh, she was on major drugs when I was in her womb. Um, I was actually a twin. My twin died because she took, like, almost 100% of the drugs. I had some in my system when I was born, um... So uh, she said if she wouldn't, if she would have known she was pregnant, she would have got an abortion. But God, she said, like, basically hid me and my twin. So it was too late when she went to the doctor. It was the cutoff because I, I, I don't know but how that works. But there's a cutoff where you cannot get an abortion. It's too it's like the, it's too it's just not going to happen. So it was at the cutoff point. She said even God still had it where she had a period every month because usually when you're pregnant the period stops yeah, yeah you don't have any periods anymore because you're pregnant so he had it set up because he obviously knew as well that she would have an abortion so it's just me being here is just like I, I'm always in shock or even that I'm here not my twin so mm. it's just like it's so deep to me and um, she's like she had an argument with God like oh my gosh I hate you and I was like oh wow like she just hearing her tell me this story is so deep because I'm like she said she enjoyed her drugs and she was real and she didn't she said she didn't want any children and then to have twins of that so she continued on her drugs and um I was born and then just to have like all my limbs and different things so people don't realize like a lot of times when you're you're in the womb and your mother is on drugs or even alcohol, smoking, any of those things. You can lose limbs, you can lose sight, you can have Down syndrome, um, you can have just different effects um, that is really detrimental throughout your whole life that you have to deal with. You could be bound to a wheelchair, just different things that people don't understand that it's important not to do those things while you're carrying. Um, so, yeah, we do have a good re- good relationship now and, uh, and um, thankfully I never did drugs, smoke, I don't drink, and I don't have the desire to, so I really thank God, because even I was told if I ever did, it would be really bad, because of being born like that, yeah, the connection, and having that, like, addictive behavior, so to speak, because of that, Mm. so, um, I just want to basically leave for my children that they could do anything, even if they're a mother or father, don't let that stop you, go ahead, take your babies with you, uh, speak up to whoever you're working out with because sometimes you're not allowed to have children but like even with Maria when we train with her on the heels like I've taken them with and they've worked out with us mm-hmm. you know stuff like that and they enjoy themselves or hey it's going to be too hard you can just sit here and watch if you like or stand here or play your video game or whatever your cell phone because it might be too hard for you to go run up the hill like that 
So that's awesome. I, I appreciate that. That was that's that's heartfelt. <laughs> um, and that's important um, to have that open line of communication. Um, you know, even with people who you might not always have had the healthiest of times or mm-hmm. you understood it. Um, and it's hard, you know, especially as a child to a parent, like to go back and have an adult conversation with the person who raised you. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people don't or aren't fortunate enough to do that. But I would always, um, you know, suggest or if you can, you know, really just just try to even have that conversation if, you know, they're still around and all that for anybody who's listening. Um, Cause you never know, you know, if and when it's your time, their time, or you are gonna have that time. Um, so always take advantage of what's in front of you. And, you know, I guess for you, you know, just taking advantage of what's in front of you and, and you know, the whole what's next and all like, you know, what's the, is, is the goal to, to double down, go, double down Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics? Oh, like, yeah, most definitely. And like I said, all I can do is just continue to train because we don't know what's even the next minute brings, tomorrow brings with this COVID, this presidential stuff. It's just crazy. It's just everything's everywhere, all this uh, Black Lives Matter movements and racism. It's just insane all over the world right now. So we don't know. So all I can just do is train to the best of my abilities with what I have, which is my bike. Um, you know, a few free weights and just get to it. Um, whether it's outside in the house, on the road with my bike, and in the pool, <laughs> in the pool, wherever <laughs> we gonna learn, we got it. Don't worry, you know, just wherever and just because um, it's not easy. I'm not gonna pretend and be like, oh, it's perfect, it's great. Because it's not. You have your down days, you have your depressed days, you have your days you're sad, you have your days you're overjoyed. Um, you have your days you feel like you're on top of the world, but you just gotta like push through it because you can't stay there because depression and different feelings cause sickness Mm. cause illnesses and you don't want that a lot of people don't understand it's it's a thin line between those kind of feelings and emotions and what they can bring on to your body even diseases like it it like uh a lot of people have died from heartbreak um you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's a thin line that's why we got it you got to stay um, if you have a relationship God prayed up with your scriptures or if you're doing affirmations or if you're doing meditation, whatever it is you need to do, you need to do it yeah. so you can keep your mind sane. And it's okay to be sad. You're human. It's a time and purpose. Like it says in Ecclesiastes, for everything. So go ahead and be sad. Go ahead and cry. Go ahead and be happy. Go ahead and uproot. Go ahead and plant, you know, just whatever. Just but do it in its proper season, I would say. These scriptures are being <laughs> dropped. Y'all heard them. And, uh, you know, I, I do this on every single episode right before I, I give people, you know, the the chance and opportunity to let us know how to continue to support them um, is to write a letter um, or, you know, to stand up in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and, um, you know, give a, a speech or give their, their soapbox. Um, I call it the Say It Loud segment. And my... Say loud segment for you is, um, you know, when you, I guess, look back and you go to, you know, you're sitting in front of or you're on stage in front of, you know, 500 inner city kids who, you know, come from, you know, where you're from, come from, you know, the, the neighborhoods where you grew up. And, uh, you know, you just, you know, you know it more than I can say it, you know, you know it more than anybody. Um, and, you know, they just hear about you being an Olympic gold medalist. Um, what what would you say in that speech? Um, I would say you got, sometimes you have to make things happen on your own. Um, I was actually moved a few days ago when I was reading about Chad 
uh, Chadwick's life, the the young man who passed, who played amazing roles in these movies, in the Black Panther. Um, I did not know Felicia Rashad is the one who was responsible for his sponsorship from Denzel. So I, that really touched me because I think, or no, excuse me, I feel sponsorship is everything. I don't care if it doesn't involve money. Even if it's something like, I will provide you water bottles all the way up until you make it. Like that's that's very deep. Like for someone to invest in you, I will provide uh, one free meal a day at my restaurant. Just something where someone can believe in you is, is just everything. Cause he said he, there would be no Black Panther if it wasn't for Denzel and Felicia. Uh, so stuff like that is like wow it just moved me so I would say go after it go knock on these doors to these businesses these offices these companies and tell them your story tell them why you need them like tell them why you desire them how they can help you because people are, a lot of people don't come after you you have to go after them and some of the sponsorships that I have I actually contacted them and then they believed in me and you know have been blessed in my life so just if it doesn't matter if nobody believes in you, you got to believe in yourself and you go for it and you go for what you want and don't let nobody stop you because I get a lot of a lot of no's and a lot of people saying sit down go be a mother don't do anything else but be a mother and what you know what you're doing is crazy you know so just do it and don't listen to these people. <laughs> Mic drop, boom, and she walks off. Miss <laughs> Lestafni. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for um, you know. Just coming on and, and opening up your heart, that's that's not easy to do. Um, I know I obviously have a whole platform called Say It Loud, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always asking people to, to come on and share their stories and things like that. But, um, you know, sometimes they – sometimes I know they're harder to express or talk about mm-hmm. for others, and I appreciate you coming on and being as yes. transparent as you were. Yes, um, So speaking about sponsorships, you know, if, if, you know, some of my followers, you know, or listeners were like – I want to follow her. I want to help. I want to support. You know, where do we go? How do we do this? Um, basically, just I have uh, just Instagram. I'm, I don't have really anything else like TikTok or <laughs> Twitter, and I probably won't. I don't really get into that. But yeah, just my Instagram. Uh, it's Lestar. So L A S T A R R. The word Olympic, and then girl G U R L. Um, all together. And I say whatever's on your heart because I don't really like to be specific because some people always think it's about money and it's really not. It's about just believing. Hmm. And you can, there's, there's people who send me scriptures every single day and they, they don't even know. Sometimes those scriptures is exactly what I need in the moment. They have no clue. So that's like, that's, stuff like that is even real and, and a blessing because it's who, who, who wakes up at the same time sending scripture every day. You know, so hmm. it's just, it's everything to me. So, yep. <laughs> wow, what a life. And she did all this sitting in a chair, you know, and hey, like I said, thank you so much for coming on, sharing, showing love, showing out. We're just going to continue to bust ass or kick ass and bust down doors or some cool saying. I don't know. Couldn't think of it fast enough. But, uh, you know, any further, any final thoughts before I kick us off the uh, air? Shoot, just go for it. Don't Don't let nobody stop you. Can't stop, won't stop. Diddy told us best before Sweetie did. But like I said, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Say It Loud. Episode blank, blank, blank. Sitting down here with Lestar Sneed, Olympic 
or excuse me, God, Lee, the star Olympic girl. I was going to say Olympic star girl, but like that's all <laughs> yeah, wrong. It works, it works. <laughs> but uh, hey, guys, like I always say every single week, make sure you guys be careful, be safe, go out and vote. Um, and most importantly, wash your hands and wash your ass. Wakanda <laughs> forever. Love y'all. Hey.